Welcome to ZMAX Dragway. It's time for another NHRA Insider Live podcast. We are here inside the broadcast booth at ZMAX. Normally we do these outside, but Mother Nature is not cooperating this morning. But there will be plenty of racing this afternoon. Of course, i got Tony Pedregon here. We have Matt Hartford hitting the leadoff. Got a couple of guests coming. Doug Coletta will be the second guest on the show today. But, uh, Tony, let's set the scene here. Uh, it is cold, and it is going to be very fast when it dries out. Yeah, we, uh, we expected some quicker runs to be honest with yep. you at Reading. I mean, we did see some pretty spectacular runs and it flowed spilled over into Monday. Um, and it was almost everything that we thought it would yep. be, but I can tell you that I didn't expect the as quick a run and funny car well, yep. with Matt Hagen. I think yep. uh, you know, of course, Doug Coletta, he picked up right where he left off in the final with that kind of performance, but if you look at the qualifying order for Top Fuel, I think the first, the top six cars are within a 370. So, and that's just in one session. Yeah. Only three sessions for the nitro cars, and uh, that'll be another conversation we'll have in the future. They're yes. they're wanting four of them. Yes, they are. They always <laughs> want four of them. We always want four of them too. But we're going to start talking about pro stock. Of course, we got Matt Hartford here, who is having uh, the career season. No other way to describe it. Three wins, U.S. Nationals, and Maple Grove back to back. Yeah, you know, it's uh, we got a we got a great program right now. Our car's running really well. Uh, Jerry Haas puts together such a, a really good tubing, and you know, but uh, my crew really makes a difference. You know, Eddie's just got so much experience, and Adam and Ki and myself. You know, we, we've done a good job with the car this year, and yeah. and you know, if I don't let the pressure get to me, I I think I can go up there and drive with any of them on Sunday. And as anybody knows, it's driven any of these cars. There's a lot of pressure when you roll around and and you're looking at the yeah. water box and going into the you know, going up to the tree. So, well, especially at Maple Grove, because you saw both sides of that pressure. You saw like you roll around, the place is sold out. There's tens of thousands of people, all eyes on you. Yeah. And then you win the race on a day where there's nobody there because it's Monday. <laughs> I'm okay with that. I've won on Monday before. <laughs> yes. if, if, if it's going to be the Monday Nationals and we can win, I don't care. So, you know, our goal is there's 20 more wind lights left this year. Our goal is to turn on all 20 of them. Now, with that being said, you know, the, you, you look at the qualifying sheet in Reading, there's some cars that's really stepped yeah. up. And, and even here, you know, they, they you know, some cars didn't r run very well through most of the year. And the countdown comes and bam. It's Christmas miracle. Yeah, it's... it's uh, uh, we're all shaking our heads yeah. going because we haven't slowed down. No. We, we just other cars have picked up, which is concerning when we're going, you know, we're going up here for first round tomorrow of how do you how do you overcome a three four hundred deficit? Matt, is that how big of a concern is that uh, for you? You mentioned something I think it is very important. You guys really didn't slow down. No, it's just they have found that performance. Is it is it too big of a coincidence that they find it and have this kind of timing just right when the countdown starts? I mean, how how big of a coincidence is that yeah. for you guys i i, I don't know <laughs> yeah. i mean we, we we bang our heads against the the counter in our trailer going how do these cars run that good not only do they run good in 60 foot and typically if you can run 960 something in 60 foot you're not going to run out the back meaning you know half track exactly on. these cars the cars gearing know, right let's it, just explain it, that for the people at home right right you stack a ton of gear into the car so that you can get from here to the 60 foot or here to the 330 really quick but then when it, the car goes into high gear just before the eighth mile you have so much gear in the car it just doesn't run out the last half of the track so either a car typically runs really well in the front of the track or runs really well in the back of the track. Um, last night, you know, the the car that was number one had me by 15,000 and 60 foot, picked yeah. up another 15,000 by the eighth and another 100th out the back. 
we didn't. I mean, we didn't make a great run. Right. We were loose, but so look, it's it's our whatever they found is yeah. great for them, but it's not good for us, especially with only five races left. So that left foot's going to be critical on Sunday, yeah. and and uh, you know you say don't play games, and I'm not going to play games, but I think you're going to start seeing a lot more happen up on the starting line when you got to run a car that's three or four hundreds yeah. quicker. So, you know, we, we saw, we showed the video, you, we've been able to tell the story a little bit, but I really want to get the inside scoop on, you know, qualifying just goes from, it goes from not that great to straight off a cliff in Reading, right? <laughs> and so, all of a sudden, I get a note that says, hey, Matt's car's leaving on a ramp truck, and I text you, I go, where's that thing going? And you write back, off-site testing. So, for those of you that right. don't know, uh, Matt's car struggling qualifying, and, and one of the neatest, and I truly think this is one of the neatest stories of a of comeback over the weekend, you guys did what you had to do. So everybody at home, give them the scoop on this. So we, you know, we leave Indy. We have a dominant car in Indy. Yep. Everything from start to finish, the car was great. We get to Reading, saying, "Okay, let's just let's just pick up right where we've left off." Q one, we go up there and we run fifty four, and I think low for the session was a fifty. Yeah, and we didn't make a bad run, but we were, we had slowed down and we didn't know why. So it was like, okay, well, blah, blah, blah. Could be this, could be that. Q2, the car, as soon as I shift into second gear, the car shuts off. So it's like, okay, that's disappointing in the best air. We see a 49s <laughs> pop up on the board. All right, well, get back. And the fuel pump had shut off. So fuel pressure had went to zero when I shifted second gear. Obviously, we got a bad fuel pump. So let's just put a new fuel pump in the car. We do that. We start up the car. Everything's happy. Q3, it dies in the burnout. So I know we got a problem, but I refire it and stage it anyway. And as soon as I let the clutch out, the car just stalls. So we go back and we look, and everything in the car was shut off. All, all data was just went to zero, like somebody hit the Flat master, line. master disconnect. It was, it was dead. So we start changing switches. We put a different battery in the car. We, we put a bunch of stuff in the car. And we go up for Q4 saying, this has got to be it. And, and Michael Heiner of Kramer's car is like, it's your battery. I'm telling you, it's the battery. I've seen this before. Just put a new battery in it. And so we did. Q4, it dies in the burnout. And I don't even try to stage this time because I know. Yeah, it's, it's no it's, point. And, uh, you know, we had a little Amber Alert with my wife on the starting <laughs> line. <laughs> Great piece of footage. One of the, to me, one of the coolest pieces of footage of the year. But yeah, yeah. So, so we get back to the, we get back to our pits, and and same deal. Fuel pressure had went to zero in the burnout. It's like okay, we got something wrong in our fuel system. So we took the entire fuel system apart. Curious if maybe the regulator was just sticking okay. wide open, and that's why it was losing fuel pressure. But that didn't explain why all the electrical signals were also dropping out. So we we changed a couple more things in the car. And I said to Rob Lipsig, or Rob's towing, I said, hey, you got one of your rollbacks here? He says, yeah, I got them all over the track because we do the towing for Maple Grove. And obviously, it's our hometown, just down the road. I said, is there, a, is there any place we can go and work on this and change some stuff and just make sure it'll run and do a burnout? He's like, oh, yeah, I got a place. <laughs> he says, that, you know, they, 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 build our, they build our ramp trucks for us or help us on some yeah. of the ramp trucks. So... Um, he says, I'll, I'll get the ramp truck up here. And I said, no, 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 no. Take the ramp truck to the top end. We'll roll down like we're going to the scales. And people just think we're going down to scale the car while they're packing up. So we roll down. We take the front end off. We put it on the ramp truck. And we think we're getting out of there quietly. And here comes Aaron Stanfield in his factory showdown car just hanging out the window going, what are you doing? And I said, okay, now everybody's going to know. And 
So we, we left, and as we were leaving, uh, Amber's getting texts from Amanda with pictures going, you want to explain something? <laughs> I'm like, oh, man. And, and, of course, the tow truck driver, instead of going out the back gate and turning left so no one would see, he takes a right and goes all the way around the racetrack. <laughs> right, parade lap, yeah, basically. Yeah. So it's like, oh, here we go. And um, so we get over to uh, Ron Bressler's place, and, and we change out a few more things. I start the car up. I go to do a burnout, and it dies. I'm like, oh, man. So we start changing out some other stuff. Start it back up, and now we catch the car on fire. We end up with a dead short in a car. So it's like, well, this is good news because now, now stuff's burning up. So we're going to find what we need to change. So uh, burn up a bunch of the wiring, and, and so we changed some of it, and we started the car back up, and it seemed better. Yeah. But now at this point in time, we've got wires that are electrical taped and duct taped, and it's like, okay, we, we've got to change all this stuff. So we loaded it back up a few hours later, brought it back, just put it right in the box because it was dark yeah. out, and, and uh, got to the track about 6 a.m. and just switched, switched the fuel pump, starter, wiring, um, all the starter wires, ignition switch, wiring to the f fuel pump, wiring to the ignition, the battery, the main power cable, the main disconnect, the um, soup to nuts, everything we just changed and said, <laughs> it is, it is one of these items yeah. because that's the only main power through the car. And that's the only thing that controls anything with it. load Threw it all in a box and said, go over there. And I said to Eddie, I said, look, set the car up like none of this happened. He goes, that's what I'm doing. I yeah. said, I'm rolling up there like yesterday didn't happen, and we're just qualified in the bottom half. And, you know, we had a super hard opponent. We had Greg first round, yeah. and, you know, I think we were 22 and 23 on the tree, <laughs> and luckily it went our way. Matt, uh, going back to that, in the semifinals, that was a big matchup with Erica. She seemed to be outperforming her, you guys, but you made it to that point, and, of course, it started raining there was a conversation. It seemed like they wanted to stay there. Of course, they had the momentum. They were mm -hmm. running good there. Did you guys, were you trying to argue to bring that semifinal race here to Charlotte? A absolutely. Um, <clears throat> if it, anybody that's driven or been around pro stock knows that when you're on conditions like what we have right now, when you're in these conditions where it's wet, the track's been wet, and there's zero sun in the forecast, it's 60 degrees, and the dew point is 60 degrees, yeah. there's no delta between the dew point and the temperature. You've got a cold racetrack, and you've got cars with no downforce. That's not optimum condition no. for a driver mm -hmm. or a crew or anybody who may have to fix that car. Yep. And, and so we were saying, let fuel run. But for pro stock, from a safety aspect, we felt if you could move it to Charlotte, we would be happier about it. Now, I would be. Yeah. I can't speak for anybody yeah. else. I mm -hmm. would be happier about it to have better conditions. Sure. Now... When Ned called me that night and said, listen, we're running it here tomorrow, I said, we'll be there. Right. You know, but yeah. we just was, hey, guys, the dew point and temperature are matched. You got rain in the forecast. I'm not sure that this is the best conditions. And, and that's all it sure. was about. So it was mostly for the sake of, of the safety aspect of it, not necessarily because that car was just outperforming you guys. But no, come to yeah. find out that the change in the conditions on Monday worked out in your favor. And they did. And, and so, of course, at the other end, after the semis, Ned made a comment. And then after the finals, he <laughs> says, so do you still want to go to Charlotte? And I said, I, I still stand by what I yeah, said and in, why in the I moment, said that. In the moment why you said right. it, sure. Right. Yeah. Now, the outcome was in our favor. Yeah. But it, it, it doesn't it, change It doesn't change the mentality or it doesn't no. change the set of conditions. Yeah, no. and they were, all, they were all good points that related to safety. Yeah, and, 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 and you know, we changed a lot 
lot on our car for Monday. The the car that we raced on Sunday versus the car we raced on Monday, setup wise, Very night different. and day. It's a, like I'm not going to say it's like Denver to Gainesville, but it was a, we made a mountain of changes because knowing what the track conditions yeah. were going to be, especially after you got the car in high gear. You know, we talk about moments that galvanize teams, and you guys have raced together forever. You obviously have great chemistry with with you and Ki and and Eddie and and your brother Adam and, and everybody. But you win the U.S. Nationals, and it's like, this is a team moment. You know, we battled our way through. But the Maple Grove team moment is, like, next level, right? It's like yeah. that is when you're really kind of pressed on it. And if, if you're not that unit, it becomes a lot of this. Yeah. Well, we, you thought we should change this. That's not how it goes. No, there was not one point. In, in Reading at all that any of us looked at each other with anything other than we've got to dig in and fix this and what do you think and what do you think okay we've tried that well let's switch this uh, our team's not that way we're a family yep. and yeah families do sure. bicker and, sure. and argue back and forth and, and we all do you know sometimes you know we look at each other and think we're a bunch of you know the little old <laughs> ladies in there just rah, 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 rah. But, but, but none of it's ever in a serious manner that's negative we're all tr we all want the same result yep. and I'll tell you what, when I make a mistake, I'm the first one. Hey, guys, I messed that up. So just so you know, we've got to fix this because the problem isn't – it's not a ghost. I messed yeah. up. And if Adam makes a mistake or K.I. or Eddie, we, we, we know that when you make a mistake, own it so you can fix it and move forward. Move forward. And, yeah. and because no one cares that you made a mistake. What we care is that we have to fix it so it can't happen again. So, Matt, are we going to see the real Matt Hartford? It seemed like your car – had a performance edge. I mean, your car was as good as anyone's. Maybe it was Dallas Glenn earlier in the year, and then it seemed like you guys really had it together and had a slight, excuse me, a slight performance edge. And, you know, you, some of the tactics on the starting line, they, they really didn't seem to fall your way. No. So it just seemed like you made some adjustments as a driver because um, I think we all know from any, anybody that's competed at a high level <laughs> and been in a good car – these guys start gunning for you. It's different right. than having a car that always has a disadvantage. You have to always have to take a shot at your opponent. So all of a sudden, you're the hunted, but now you find yourself with not necessarily the best car. So are we going to see the Matt Hartford that has really gotten you into this position? I'm not sure what we're going to see. <laughs> Listen, that, that, that hamster that's in my head, you know, sometimes he's, he goes round and round. But, you know, I spent a lot of time before Indy, after after the, the whole Brainerd episode. I, I, I drove like crap in Topeka, and in Brainerd, you know, I, I – Aaron got me messed up and, and he and he took advantage of that yeah. and rightfully so he did what he needed to yeah. do and I spent a lot of time um, over that next week on the phone with you know Pat Galvin from 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 Getrix and and everybody knows Pat sure. from being you know the snake Legendary in a mongoose yep. yeah, yeah the whole deal and and he became my therapist almost and I did a lot of listening <laughs> and 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 it was enlightening and talking about being hunted versus you know the opposite side and Sometimes you just got to take a step back and, and take it from someone who's been there, yep. been on both sides of the equation, and listen and, and not always overthink everything. Yep. Mm -hmm. And and it, he really helped me. And we went into Indy with a whole new mindset of forget about any noise, forget about the distractions. It just doesn't matter in. who's in the other lane. Semifinals against Erica. She had a performance advantage against me. She's, you know, arguably been over yep. the last five yep. years or self proclaimed the best driver there's ever been. Right. Well, I'm not sure what it is, but <laughs> I'm just saying. I don't know, but obviously she's really good. Yeah. And and I went up there and I couldn't. It, it could have been, it could have been anybody in the other lane. I didn't care. You were gonna saw the trio, right? That, I'm going up there to do what I need to do and not care what's in the other lane. If I leave on time, I hit my shift points and we did a good job back in the pits. Our wind light should come on. 
And that's how we're looking at every round. Mm -hmm. Seeing the Bass Pro Shops logo on the doors of the car this week is cool. We have not yes. seen that uh, logo, so if you can talk a little bit about that. Yeah, so the, you know this deal came about earlier in, er, earlier in the year, and we knew we were going to have them on board for here. It's a, it's a one-race deal right now, but it's really great to have them on board. Yeah. You know, Obviously, everybody that's in the stands, you know, f fishing and Bass Pro, it's, yeah. it's, it's, it's right up everybody's alley. So w we're happy to have them on board. We really want to walk out of here with a trophy and present it to them at the end of the day uh, tomorrow. But yeah. uh, um, anytime we can bring new new people into our sport, into Absolutely. NHRA, obviously they've been involved in NASCAR Yeah, but on forever. a pro-stock car, they haven't been. No, so it looks really yeah. good on the car. It stands out. It's yeah. gotten a lot of exposure. So we're, we're thrilled to have them on board. And, you know, I recommend go go buy a fishing pole if, this, <laughs> if the weather stays like it is right now. Get a boat and a pole, and uh, we'll go fishing. You mentioned trophies, and, and we talked after the U.S. Nationals, and you said, you know, I've never kept an original Wally. But I'm keeping this one. And, and Eddie made you keep that yes. one. But you handed that one from Maple Grove straight into Eddie's hands. I, I did, but not not for him. I just let him hold it. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, I gave that to Rob from Rob's Perfect. towing. I gave Perfect. him the original. Um, and, and that's always been, no matter what form of racing I've ever been in, I've never kept a trophy because – my name goes down in the box score, and if you go back and you look who won Indy 2023, my name's in there. You know, our team won it, yep. but my name is the one that will get the recognition that you guys talk about sure. forever, not not our entire team. So to me, that original trophy, there's a lot of sentimental value to that, and I love presenting it to somebody whether it's all of our team members all have originals and now our sponsors are all getting originals and the more that we can get you know obviously i want to stack them up so everybody gets one you know you, you get a car you yeah, get yeah. a car you get a car <laughs> right the oprah the oprah of wallys <laughs> right yeah. and you know i've been fortunate to have eight of them which is almost unreal because i said if i could ever get one I, I could quit. Yeah, right. And, but then he needed a friend. Right. <laughs> right. Now, now we got a family. Yeah. <laughs> so, Matt, my last question, uh, you know, the battle lies ahead for you, but when you go back to the U.S. Nationals, you go back to Reading, which one of those races was more gratifying at the end of that day to hold that trophy? Boy, there's going to be a lot of people argue with me on this one, but Reading by a landslide. And it has nothing to do with what we went through, the trials and tribulations of what we went through, you know, from medically to the car yep. meeting, you know, I, I had to have my appendix out. The car had to have its appendix out. You know, everybody, it's like every, we got all that out of the way, but I've never had the point lead in pro stock in my life. I've never won back to back races. I've never won a race in the countdown that sets the stage that it's up to us to falter if we want to lose the yep. championship. We're, we're out here to win the championship, and we got, we got our road cut out for us yep. because you've seen qualifying last night. We are not the dominant car right now, um, but I can promise you this. We're not, if, if you didn't learn anything in Reading, <laughs> we're not going to quit. Yeah. So, the gloves are off. Yeah. The gloves are off. You know, well, Matt, thank you, man. Thanks for coming to hang out with us this morning. And uh, we know we're going to get you guys on the racetrack at some point this afternoon. So it's uh, it's it's going to get spicy out there. Yeah, and, and the, the only thing I can say is that, you know, yesterday we should have had two qualifying sessions, not one. Um, I, a lot of people don't like how outspoken I am about different subjects. But in the countdown, NHR, you got to have four. You got to have four qualifying runs in the countdown. This is a professional class. It's a professional sport. If there's ever a time to say we need four runs at every event, it should be for the six races of the countdown. Because I'm with you. hypothetically, I'm with you. what if this rain wasn't going to clear up today? That means you're going into yeah, eliminations yeah. with one run. That's not where any team, and I don't care which class you're in, no team should be in that position. Yep. It could happen, but if you have four, the chances of it happening are less. Diminished. So.
Well, he's Matt Hartford. We're going to let him go back to his pit area. we got Doug Coletta coming in in just a moment to join us here in the NHRA Insider Live. So, Matt, thank you, sir. Thank you, guys. Look forward to hearing from you, uh, to you tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> you know, Tony, when we talk about kind of how the rest of this weekend may play out in terms of raw performance, we're looking at a day that's probably not going to get to 70 degrees. We're looking at a day that's probably not going to see the sun get through the clouds out there. As much as we saw uh, 366 out of Doug Coletta last night, is there potentially more than that waiting out there for somebody today? In top fuel, there's no question about it. Uh, you know, that was a good setup run for that team. I'm sure they approached it very aggressively, but overall the conditions are better, and most of these teams have good setup runs, and that's very important for them to get more aggressive. They know what they can run. They know their car can perform in those specific conditions. Now, tomorrow, the interesting thing is that sun may come out. It may warm up a little bit, so that'll really change the game, but we're talking about points, the bonus points yep. that the teams can accumulate, and you know, we're gonna talk, we've talked about this before. We're going to continue to talk about it, We've seen these championships go down to one, two, yes. Yes. three points. So I think those qualifying points are just so valuable, and the teams, the drivers realize it. And we're going to welcome in now driver of the Mac Tools, Toyota Revchem Composites Top Fuel Dragster, Doug Coletta. Weaving right, our, Doug? Weaving our way into our, our – this is our jungle gym of a studio <laughs> here. Sir, good to see you. Thanks for dropping in. Could chuck your headset on there. It's yeah. right behind you. Let's uh, put those on you there, Doug. So Doug won two awards at Maple Grove Raceway. He won the Unintentional Stunt Driver of the Weekend Award and yeah. a Wally. <laughs> yeah, that was, that was a good way of putting it. So, you know, it's it's something for us to watch. And in, in, in drag racing, and you've been around this sport long enough to know, we oftentimes see people almost beating their head against the wall to a certain point. And then this the, the clouds part, and, and it all comes together. Yeah. Did last weekend feel like that moment for you guys? It sure did, really. Uh, it's been... Uh, you know, Alan's been on my, you know, working uh, as my crew chief for uh, a little over a year. Yeah. And, uh, you know, the biggest relief for me was to get a win with uh, yeah. him as my car. I couldn't imagine going through life <laughs> having Alan Johnson as your uh, crew chief and not winning a race, right? So uh, that was a big burden for me uh, as well. So the, the expectations had to be so high, but it's just, it's not the, it just seemed like it took longer then I'm sure that it took longer than what we expected. Yeah. And it was it the same for you guys? Yeah, no, it was. Uh, and what a relief, really. So uh, it was definitely uh, good that, uh, you know, the conditions were, you know, whatever it was, uh, came yeah. together. So it was good. Monday, the win to me was, was double impressive on Monday because you had to just get in that car and, and make the run. Like, you know, and, and Steve obviously got to make two runs. He had to run his semifinal pair and then come into the final. So in all your experience in your varied career, have you ever had that moment where you simply had to show up at the racetrack, suit up, and this is the final round? Yeah, it's kind of, you know, with racing sprint cars, it was always everything in one day, okay. right? So, uh, but no, that was actually the first uh, first with drag racing, and uh, but it was, I thought it was cool. Yeah, just <laughs> one run and done, and yeah, yeah it was kind of nice. Was there any apprehension, any trepidation, just getting in the car, just not knowing uh, how long it had been since you had run that car on the down the racetrack, but uh, was you know as much as you have to refocus on Monday, was there any of that just kind of lingering in your head? It's like what can I expect from this car? Yeah, no, uh, you know the cars are built on the same jig, yeah. and, and we ran that car all last year, so really it was just put away, and uh, 
certainly we've had, you know, that's the car I've always driven, seemed like. Yeah, the open cockpit Old thing. Home week. It was like, yeah. yeah, this is going to be good. So, but no, I was real positive about it. Was there any point back. in that, that first round, that had to be, I mean, that was impressive. I think to everybody that was watching, at what point during the run did you realize that this thing seems like it's really delivering the mail here? Yeah. Um, after, you know, after the run, I was like, maybe thought it ran a 70 or something. And then <laughs> <laughs> I was, uh, wasn't expecting uh, that, you know, the time that we got out of it, but, uh, but no, they're, uh, it was a good conditions and, uh, you know, and Alan, uh, and Brian and that, you know, the whole team, everybody's kind of coming together and gelling real nice. So, uh, very uh, relieved, uh, to say the least. Well, and then to come in here and rip one first round of qualifying, that's the that's the proof in the pudding for me. You know, the, as good as the car looked last weekend, now you show up here, and now we, we can put any questions aside. Well, geez, I guess they just got it right in Maple Grove. No, you, you got it right here, too. Yeah. Yeah, no, this is a... This is an incredible facility, as you guys know, and uh, um, it's, you know it's nice and cool out. So uh, the conditions even today are going to be really good. But uh, but no, I was really uh, relieved as well to get. Uh, you know, it'd be nice to get that low qualifier <laughs> for sure. I think the, the, the ladder, you know, oh, the ladder, ladder, ladder would be so. Uh, but that's kind of what we're shooting for. That's what I'm hoping for. Given these conditions, Doug, uh, do you have that conversation with Alan? Or does he just set the car up? But it does seem like uh, you guys can potentially run quicker. Today. Yeah, yeah. I'm talking to Chad, uh, Chad Head last night. I was like, he's, like, yeah, we're first now, but we're going to have to run better probably today because the conditions uh, are really going to be good. And uh, I didn't realize until I woke up this morning. <laughs> I was like, <laughs> supposed to warm up, you know, I'm like yeah. <laughs> normal Saturday in uh, Charlotte, but uh, but no, it's uh, it's pretty cool out yet this morning. So uh, the first session at two o'clock will definitely be a good one probably you won the race uh, with mitch your son as part of an active part of the team with his hands on the race car and obviously you've won races with your family in attendance before but to win a race with your boy there actually on the car that's got to be kind of next level cool yeah no that was really cool and he uh for whatever reason uh we've you know i my daughter would come right yeah and we'd we would, you know, end up winning. <laughs> right? and he would be like not there or whatever, and uh, so no, we were definitely overdue for a win with my son at the track, and uh, so there was a big weight lifted off, uh, you know, both our shoulders there <laughs> with that as well. But uh, but no, he uh, he's been a full, you know year-round soccer player his whole life um, through college, and so now. Uh, He's finally retired. Realized he's not going to be a professional uh, soccer player, yeah. and uh, and you know he's working with the business and uh, and you know messing around, working on the car now, and uh, and showing some interest and in maybe wanting to wheel something around. So uh, now I just got to make it happen. You know, just him, and I'd like to get my nephew out too, and uh, you know get those guys going a little bit and see uh, you know see what we can. Yeah. get going with them but uh, but no it was really cool for sure scott i think you and i are pretty close to the same age and once upon a time we were the younger drivers in the sport but you you look at the the landscape in your category especially you have all these younger drivers and you know they're they're pretty good they're pretty good on the starting line they have good car control are you you uh, just looking at the numbers you seem to be as good as you've ever been um, do, you, do you feel any different? Do you feel like you can pull this off uh, just as well as you could have 10 years ago? I mean, you're going to be in that championship hunt, it seems. Yeah, no, uh, yeah, no, I feel good. Um, you know, it's obviously we've had a lot of time to, uh, you know, just really try to focus on what I got to 
do yeah. and uh, and obviously try to step up on the tree it's still uh obviously um you know there's guys out here that are just ripping tearing the tree down yeah. <laughs> i'm still like how in the hell are they you know, <laughs> right. what, what is going on because there's got to be something so it's a lot of thought has gone into this and i uh, got this crazy thing that i do right that uh, i seem to think that helps so uh you know i'm just going to stay with that routine and uh and i definitely want it uh as bad as anybody you know that's half the battle um so uh so yeah, no, it's uh, it's definitely uh, something that we're shooting for this year, and uh, and I feel pretty comfortable. I feel really comfortable. So um, it's just no matter going out there and hoping uh, all our little theories <laughs> come, come together. together. Yeah. <laughs> will your com- just one one more question? Will your confidence level change? We have we had similar conditions last night. It seems like you'll see a couple of sessions today in these cold conditions. If the sun comes out, it it seems like that the the Achilles heel for your team has been in the heat. You know, Alan Johnson makes a lot of power. The card prior to the last couple of races, it seemed to make some good runs, very impressive runs, get to the second round, maybe the semifinals, and it would unpredictably just blow the tires off yeah. early. Will will that confidence level change for you, or do you guys feel that because of this, <clears throat> this backup car that has less weight in the center of it, do you just feel like your chances are better if the sun comes out? Yeah, I'm hoping for overcast and cold for the rest of the year, right? But, uh, it's not going to be warm anymore, as far as I'm cancel concerned. That. Yeah, cancel that. Cancel heat. all of them. But uh, yeah, no, it. Uh, we'll see. You know, it's uh, ever evolving, revolving. Yeah. I guess with uh, tuning that car and just the different things that uh, you know, each round and each uh, place we go to, uh, they learn. So. Uh, that's all I can hope for yeah. is that uh, <laughs> yeah. you hope you don't have they, to find yeah, out. Yeah, yeah, right. no, <laughs> they've got it figured out. That's all I know. Yeah. So I got two for you, Doug. The first one is I ended up and I posted on my social media, but uh, it was a screen capture of you in 1983 working on Connie's car in the pits at the Gator Nationals as a strapping young lad. What year did you first travel, go out and kind of work with Connie or even work on the car with Scott and, and Bob and all those guys? Yes, in 80, 1982. 82. That's, that's when I started. I was on the road for maybe a couple of months. Okay. And I was just aviation now he grew up next to an air force base right and i start working for connie he's got all these planes and cars <laughs> i'm like <laughs> but uh, after a couple of months i realized uh you know i wanted to work with the planes and, yeah. and all that and uh, and then as it worked out uh started you know just flying on the weekends and do the bottom end so i actually i did the bottom end on connie's car for like 10 years wow i yeah. see i didn't know that or nine yeah. or whatever it was yeah. a long time yeah <laughs> yeah and uh and then, you know, I would fly with Connie on the races, so I was, you know, learning to fly and just the whole thing. And it was uh, it was a great time, uh, obviously, doing all that. And it was, you know, just working at the, aer- at the airport during the week and flying and then uh, coming to the races on the weekends. And throughout all that time, it was like, you know, with Connie and Scott both driving, there was just, you know, we weren't organized enough back in those <laughs> days to even think about doing another car or anything. Yeah. So. So after about eight years, I realized that these neither one of these seats are opening up anytime <laughs> soon. <laughs> and uh, anyway, so I got this uh, opportunity to start, you know, racing midgets and sprint cars. Yeah. So snuck off and did that for yeah. ten years, and and then finally, you know, Scott decided he wanted to retire, and so then I right got the opened opportunity. up. Yeah, so worked out. And the next one I wanted uh, to ask you about, and this is a story a lot of people probably don't know, but you had a nitro funny car race that you damn near won. 
the first time you really ever drove one of those cars. So for people that don't understand this story or know this story, fill them in because I think it's one of the neatest stories ever. Yeah, no, it was – so uh, there was a weekend prior to that weekend that uh, Scott was going on vacation. Kind of he's like, well, we'll just take and run this thing. And at the time, for whatever reason, Scott was like, I mean, he's not driving my car. So he <laughs> cancels his vacation, you know, this and that, runs a car. So – Scott reschedules his vacation. Next thing you know, Connie wants to run the car again. <laughs> and at that point, is like, Scott said the hell with it. So, but that was kind of the funny part about uh, that opportunity. And uh, I have to admit, he he was a tough guy because I got in that car and, you know, I could barely hold the clutch pedal in. I mean, this thing was like super hard. And so I kind of adjusted everything around and got the pedal working. <laughs> and uh, as soon as, uh, you know, we ended up making it to the final, actually. Yeah, you, made, yeah, you yeah, lost in the final round. Yeah, against uh, Gary Densham. Gary right? Densham. So, uh, I think it was at Martin, Michigan. Was it at Martin, Michigan? or It was at Milan. Milan, Michigan. Yeah, so it, it was just, it was kind of dumb luck, too. I mean, there's people blowing up and everything else. I'm like, <laughs> hey, this is not so bad. But, oh, I think it was Jim O., had made a bet with somebody, and he said, by the end of this weekend, he'll have the best reaction time in the category, and Jim O got paid. <laughs> yeah, no, it was it was a lot of fun. It was, uh, you know, I just run it a couple different times, but, uh, but yeah, so after that weekend, you know, I telling Scott, got your car, you know, clutch working a little better, and seats a little more comfortable, <laughs> he switched it all back. <laughs> and he, uh, no, it was, uh, it was fun, though, and, uh, yeah, it's uh, haven't actually driven a funny car in a while, but uh, it was it was a cool experience, you know. That was, you know, obviously uh, uh, Tony, uh, you know, the thing going to the left or right. I mean, you're literally just steering the crap out of that thing. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you don't do that at dragster, right? <laughs> but no, it was a lot of fun. But uh, I, for whatever reason, just kind of stayed with his dragster. Yeah. it's been. Uh, working it's been pretty good for you yeah 50 wins obviously that 50th was a long time coming and and you know people look at their milestones in their career in different ways but how does that land with you to have 50 national event wins no it's uh you know i've just been real fortunate with all the crew chiefs and just the opportunities uh you know connie's given me really he's um you know a hardcore drag racer as you guys know and yeah. uh, just loves everything about uh, the nhra and the drag racing and uh you know he's out here we could you know he's got his camper now at the track yep. so he didn't have to deal with all the hotels and stuff and uh but no it was real special uh you know it was um you know i just really love doing all this stuff so it's been uh, cool to get to 50. doug i i know that um you know at this stage of the game i think you guys had a lot of challenges you know with the car maybe with the consistency more than anything but after the last race, does does that really change your mindset? Do you start looking a little farther ahead and telling yourself, you know, if I can continue to do what we've been doing, uh, do you start thinking more about championship, or is your is your focus just in the same place it was a few months ago? No, we're down. This is obviously time to cut bait yeah. here. So uh, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's it's time now, right? And uh, and obviously these opportunities don't come along. Uh, yep, yeah, like you know every year, and especially to have Alan and uh, you know his track record out here. So uh, so yeah, I'm uh, super excited and realize that uh, you know it's uh, good as good a shot you know, as any. Yeah, right? five you know five to go. Yeah, there were a total of six races, and we're close to the front. So we'll uh, 
where we've got as good a shot at this as really anybody. So uh, And time doesn't wait. Time doesn't wait, yeah. <laughs> right. And I'm not getting any younger. <laughs> well, Doug, thanks so much for taking some time with us. You have a commitment you have to get to in the pit area, and uh, we can we can let you run off with Rob Goodman and get down there and do what you got to do. But good luck this weekend. All right. Thank Certainly you, congratulations on the success at Maple Grove. Great, uh, great chat. And one of the things also to mention, what Doug – Sean Langdon and Jared Todd have been doing working with Feeding America, which is a charity that they are now raising money for. And every time they win around, it's thousands of dollars that go to Feeding America. And those thousands of dollars have generated over 180,000 meals for hungry people around this country. So not only is his success benefiting the team, but also benefiting people. But you know, it's great to have this format with Doug to be able to. You know what I mean? It's great. You never get. We always only get to chat with the guy at the top end, and it's to be able to sit down and and some of those stories are great. Like I had no idea he spent ten years in the bottom end of Connie's car. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't even know the funny car story. Yeah. Um, I've heard a little bit about yeah. it, but you know that's Doug. I mean, Doug yeah. has always done his talking with his right foot, yeah. with his talent, and. You know, it really shows. You know, we always talk about, uh, you know, his experience and his yep. championship um, with USAC. Yes. Um, but it really comes it comes to life. Uh, yep. And, and uh, you know, outside of him not having a championship, I mean, this is, has been, was then, and still yep. will be one great. of the most accomplished drivers yep. to ever step foot in a top fuel car. And I think for him and for the team, you know, and of course for Connie, uh, the only thing that is missing from that resume is a championship. Yep. And and you know this. I mean, we've, we talk, yep. we size these cars and teams up all the time. I didn't quite jump off of that Doug train. Nope. I might nope. have been hanging off the edge, like Tony, he said. Tony started the season as the engineer. He had the little hat on and the whistle <laughs> in his hand. But he, and he was all the way to the rear of the caboose, but you were still on the train. Well, for the reasons because of his talent. And, and you know, look at some of the other drivers. And Justin Ashley, there really is isn't anyone that's yeah. more talented than Justin on the starting line. His car control has come a long way. And, uh, you know, we spoke with him and yeah. Brainerd a little bit. There are a few things that he still has to learn and you never quit learning. No. But, you know, you look at a guy like Doug and, and he's there. He's yes. there. He is ready for this battle. And I like his chances. I think as good as um, the competition is with Justy, with Justin, uh, Steve Torrance isn't going no. away. I mean, if you no. look at when we've talked about his struggles, the guy's been one and two in the points all freaking year. I mean, there's not there's struggles <laughs> for him, but when you yeah. look at his performance the last race, I mean, this guy has really shown up. Yeah, and and um, knowing that that they're going to be there, I, I still like Doug's chances because he's such a well-rounded driver. And now that he's got got a car under him. What should have been maybe a two? Uh, who else was going to enter the yeah. mix? Antron Brown. I think this is the guy you've got to concern yourself with more than any of them. Last thing we mentioned on Doug, and then I want to hit Pro Stock Bike, and we'll jump off. But the last thing I want to hit on Doug is there's a great parallel that he brought up that again I didn't know, which is a lot of people don't know that it was drag racing that brought Connie Coletta to aviation. It wasn't the other way around. He went out in the mid '60s and won all that money in California and bought an airplane from Ted Halliburton, and that's where it all started. The money he won from drag racing started the airplane empire and the coolest thing doug told us about was the fact that it was drag racing that brought doug into aviation right he was going to the races and started looking around going yeah i want me some of this too and so he's able to do that so last thing i want to talk about pro stock motorcycle in maple grove was like a diabolical dastardly plan from matt smith came together in perfect harmony and there's maybe 75 percent of people who who are salty about it and 25 percent of people can admire the fact that this guy actually crafted a way to win and he won well, if you get to know Matt Smith like yeah. we have and, yeah. and you see the pattern, we should have not expected anything less no. than what we saw. What's really amazing about him is, and, and this is this is hard to do, but this is why 
when we see some of these, like what Tony Schumacher did. Yeah. There's a reason for that. And there's a reason that Matt Smith has won five championships because if he has to get down and wrestle you in the mud, that's what he's going to do. That's just the way he was brought up. That's the way he races. You know, I, I would like to have him on the show. I'd like to put him yeah. on the spot and ask him what that conversation was in that final round. Yeah. Because you know my position about throwing races. There is a rule that exists. Yeah. Um, that's going to be a tough conversation because I, I think the one thing that you don't want to do with this sport... Is invalidate it, right? Yeah. 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 I mean, that's yeah. just the worst thing that can happen. And if it happens again, the pressure is going to be on. Not just the pressure from us, from the viewers, but oh, you have yeah. to answer to the fans. And at some point, you're going to have to answer to your sponsors, too. Because they want to do, they want to win within the rules. But, yeah. but you cannot take that away from Matt Smith. He has won the last two races. How he's done it, yes, Gage slipped up a little bit. Yeah. But this guy is there to catch that ball and run it back yeah. to the end zone. The question <laughs> is, can he continue to do it? And I think it's very interesting that he's willing to bring a third bike yes. out. If it's a blocker, then it's a blocker. But it cannot be a diver. So we know right now, Gage Herrera has done what he has done basically every race this year. He has put a gap on the field by hundreds of seconds uh and what we have learned on that is uh, that's only good enough to get you a good spot in the first round on sunday you actually have to get the bike to the finish line four times on sunday they spun the tires of maple grove opened the door for matt and he drove his his bike and his big rig and a, a, a fleet of other bikes right through the back of it so um <laughs> It is going to be great this weekend. Our final qualifying coverage will air on FS1 at 11 a.m. on Sunday morning, and then you'll watch on FS1 at 2 p.m. to 5 for the elimination rounds here of the Betway NHRA Carolina Nationals. But I love doing this, man. It's cool to drag these guys out of the pits and put them on the spot. Yeah, it really was. I think it would have been really cool for us to have done it in the pits. And yeah. I come to find out, we probably could have. <laughs> but um, I think it's going to be a great day, and I think this is, this is really what our fans expect yeah. from this countdown. And I think that we're seeing the performance. And it's just interesting that at this stage of the game, there's no more testing. There's no really no drivers, maybe with the exception of one of them, yeah. that's talking about testing. But what we're seeing now, what we saw a little bit of in Reading and what we're going to see here this weekend, and any other race that we have these cooler conditions, we're going to see something we haven't seen all year because what the teams have been going through, what they've been trying and testing, we're getting to see the end result. And the end result is something that Matt Hagen did last night, and that is a big number. So I think one thing that's going to, be on the lookout for us is can someone take that number one position run quicker than a 382 it almost seems like they're going to take that spot from doug but of course he could be one of them that improves and it bears mentioning we've got to talk about this because most of you watching this have probably seen it on any trace social media the robert height starting line explosion we saw last night was I mean, you watch it back. It's pretty terrifying. He was able to get out of the car and everything. What have we learned so far about that, at least maybe the root cause? Well, it, from what I'm hearing yes. from good sources, it seems to be an O-ring that plugged up some part of the oiling system. And, of course, the push rods, it's very crucial, critical that they get oil. And, you know, if whatever it was that the O-ring plugged up, uh, they paid the price. So yeah. there was some damage. And I think what's interesting is that, you know, that Robert heard it, he detected it. And, you know, of course, it doesn't happen often early, that yes. early in the run. Yes. We've seen it before. So I'm not going to sit here and say, well, come to find out it was a bad decision. No. Because can't, I can't yeah. tell you how many times I sat in the car and I felt something that wasn't right. Uh, when you feel it in your feet, that that's you know you got to shut the car off but you know if it's a little misfire you know a lot of times you go wide open throttle and it clears right yeah. up and of course I, I we also heard robert state that um you know if it 
ran funny if it didn't do – He was going to click it off. Yeah, he was just going to yeah. shut the car off. So I think it's just one of those racing mistakes. But, um, you know, it was pretty – it just goes to show you how violent these cars yeah. can be so early in the run. And I've had much lesser occasions, uh, incidents, that I've done that. And I can tell you that Robert – Probably didn't feel the effects right away, but I'm pretty sure he was re- uh, hearing that school bell he hasn't heard in a long time, <laughs> probably an hour or two after that. And there'll be more to come in that story. They had the car disassembled last night to put it down on the, the kind of measuring pad that's here at the racetrack. They were checking if the chassis was okay, and we'll have all that information for you at 11 a.m. Sunday morning. You can follow along, of course, on any trace social media as you're watching here. 11 a.m. FS1 for final qualifying, 2 to 5 p.m. on FS1 for the second race of this countdown's final round eliminations, the Betway Carolina Nationals. Thank you very much to everybody who's tuning in. Thank you to Tony. Thank you to our guest, Matt Hartford and Doug Coletta. Thank you to Randy, who's running that camera. Thank you to Zach, who's running that camera. These guys are these guys are awesome. <laughs> we'll be back soon with another, another NHRA Insider Live. Make sure you tune in on Sunday to watch Eliminations.